Welcome, this is the Teaching Excellence podcast for all things FE, teaching, learning, assessment, quality and possibly a few other things along the way. Hosted by Steph Wilkinson and Jade Gibson, leaders in FE who want to support others and make a difference and hopefully spread a little happiness whilst we're at it. Hello and welcome to the Teaching Excellence podcast. This is Steph and um, this week I'm bringing you more guests on the podcast um, and today I'm talking to Suzanne Savage. So hi Suzanne. Hello Steph, hello everyone. How are you? I'm doing all right, very busy with conference preparations. Yes, I bet. Good, I'm glad you're doing okay. Um, Yeah, we had a brief chat earlier, didn't we? We were sort of saying how crazy busy everything is but it's all exciting stuff so that's great absolutely yeah and I thank you for joining me Suzanne I wanted to um bring you onto the podcast to talk all about reimagine um FE um and I wanted to sort of explore what the conference was all about and what the intention of the conference is because um uh, I've attended previously and sort of know a little bit about um sort of the early days of the conference but I think um, it'd be really useful for us to talk about what the exciting plans are for this year and kind of what your hopes are for it if that's okay with you that's wonderful great okay so I suppose we'll start right at the beginning um what how how did how how did the conference come about well the conference came about actually um after a Bira conference in 2015, uh, mm-hmm. that year the Bira conference was held in Belfast. Okay. And Matt Smith happened, uh, sorry, what did, <laughs> Matt O'Leary, I mean, mm-hmm. um, shared a taxi ride with Norman Crowther, who at that point was in what was the ATL union. Okay. Which is now, which is now part of the NEU. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were sharing a taxi back to the airport and they this was quite a tumultuous time in 2015 in FE if you mm-hmm. can all cast your mind back <laughs> because that was the time when the area reviews were first kicking off yeah and, and it felt like a time when things were really being done to FE mm-hmm. with little say from the people in FE about what was happening mm-hmm and so he and Norman got this idea that it would be interesting to do a different kind of conference Um, and I I think that's that's remained the really unique part of reimagining FE because it's it's in the key is in the title this reimagining this active process of giving a place for FE people to come together and collaborate and tackle issues that we have in the sector and and try to develop sector responses to them, mm-hmm. trying to look forward and um, look at what we can do to take more control over it, in yeah. a sense, or to, to have our say in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, thing, it, it's funny how, how fast things move. It's four and a half years later now yeah. um, from that initial thing in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly area reviews are mostly in our distant memory now yeah. um, but I think we still we we still have a problem um, of, of where FE can take a positive forward-looking 
steps to be actively involved in where the sector's going. Yeah, I think, um, as you said, you know, the, there was a need um, in 2015 to really create a space where people could have a say. Um, and I remember being part, part of that, obviously, as part of FE, um, area reviews happening. It felt like there was lots going on, but not necessarily much. Um, yeah, we kind of didn't have much control, did we? <laughs> we kind of just lots of things happening, lots of debates happening, but... Um, you know, people really felt passionate to be able to contribute to what, to the future of FE. So I think, yeah, that was a really amazing sort of space to create. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you know, that's um, this whole idea of, of dialogue is, mm-hmm. is what we really brought to, to it. You know, so many conferences are people standing up and presenting, you know, something that's worked well for them in the classroom, their yeah. action or you know other research or mm-hmm. you know things like that and it's a very sort of passive consumption of it you sit and listen and oh well that's an interesting idea I might take that back to my classroom things like yeah. that um, maybe we can start to use that policy in our lesson observation or whatever mm-hmm. but it's a very sort of okay you can ask a few questions but it's essentially a, a sort of passive transmissive experience and we really wanted to to create this space for the FE voice to be heard, to yeah. amplify it in a way, um, and and I think I think you know that's that's been building. This is this will be the, the the first conference was actually held then in 2016, although it started in 2015. These things yeah. take forever, as you know. Um, <laughs> so now in 2019, it will be our, our our fourth one, and I think we've evolved a lot to find new ways to make sure that people in FA can shout that little bit louder about what's going on. Yeah, and so I'm interested in some of the things that have happened before now. So um, what was the first conference like? How did that go? Well, the first conference, we were just, com- that, that was a lot of experimenting because we hadn't done anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And as far as we knew, nobody else really had in that same way. I mean, some people have done unconferences. Yeah. Um, but this kind of working group idea, which we hadn't even called working groups at the time. I think we called them thematic strands or something slightly yeah. um, vague like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we did with that is we asked a lot of the people in higher education who are who have, who have long histories of research and connection with FE, many of whom were in further education before they they went uh, to universities. Mm-hmm. Um, we asked them to lead these discussion groups, um, and it was very much a sort of um, let's just bring people together and see what they have to say about it. Yeah. Um, and so it was it was really just finding our way. We we had. Um, different groups um, of, of different topics. We had, for example, um, professionalism mm-hmm. in further education, um, which at the time, this was when the, um, the debtors was being reformed to the okay. debt. Yeah. And people were no longer being required to have uh, a, a, a full two year teacher education program. Yeah. Um, to teach so we had a, a, a thing on that but it was really we just brought lots of people together who were interested in professionalism in in um uh, further education yeah and 
we just talked about it and, yeah. and that was, it was I, really useful yeah I have a real I have a real um like passion for bringing people together because I think it is although sometimes we may not have a, you know the same opinions on things it doesn't necessarily mean that that's um, an argument to have. It's just kind of if people come together with the intention to make something better or try to make a difference, I think you always get many sort of solutions and ways forwards out of that discussion. And I think the more that we do that with that intention of making a difference, the more we, the more power we have to make a difference, don't we? Absolutely, absolutely. And there's something, there's something kind of alchemical that happens mm. um, when you bring people together. Mm. Um, it, it's not just one plus one equals two. No. It, you spark ideas off each other, don't you? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and you get so much more. And, and so that was just, that was the thing. Let's, let's just come together and, and, you know, one of the strands was talking about accountability, area mm-hmm. reviews, things like that. Mm. And, and, and it's like, Whoa, this, this thing has just come along and hit us. What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was very well received. It was very well received. We, we organized it on a shoestring. Mm. Um, all the people who, who organized um, the different discussion groups actually paid for tickets as well okay <laughs> um because we weren't sure if we were going to be able to uh, to make enough money to <laughs> make it explode <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and, and bless them lots of people came amazing yeah and i think that kind of underpins the um the, the need or the desire or the the need for that doesn't it it sort of shows that people are really keen to contribute to the conversation and and make a difference and be able to be part of that steer for Effie absolutely and we we've always made a huge effort and even more so now to to get a range of people mm. in Effie people who are you know, on the ground, teachers, practitioners, tutors, lecturers, whatever you identify as. Yeah. People to have middle management, to have senior leaders, to have governors. Yeah. Um, and because sometimes even within an institution, it can be difficult to have discussions between people in those different levels. Yeah. And I face that all the time. You know, I, I kind of, it's really difficult for me to keep bringing people together to figure out how we move forward on certain things. And sometimes just even the smallest, well, I see it as a small change, but I know they're big changes in terms of, you know, trying to steer and develop culture um, of an organization. But, you know, even the things that the smaller things I want to do take a massive amount of effort and discussion and buy-in and, um, you know um and just thrashing around before you even can start to make a difference or make a change to something so yeah it's it's a massive thing to be able to to bring people together and talk about it um at the time that we did it we also just thought it was going to be a (laughs) one-off oh okay we just thought you know it was kind of a response to all the things that were happening at that moment yeah. And it was let's bring people together and 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 you know really hash this thing out. Mm. And, and to our surprise, 
people really welcomed that format and said, oh, can we please do this again? Fabulous. Yeah, no, that's when you know it's, um, I suppose that it's important that we we take feedback, isn't it? And we just, I think it's always useful to go, oh, this is an idea. Let's try it. Let's see if people want it or not. Um, and, and, and that, again, sort of, I sort of um, brings that, you know, um, sector-driven want or desire for it rather than, yeah, you don't want to be banging a drum that people are not interested in. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk about um, this year then. Let's talk about what's planned. I know there's lots of really amazing groups and people coming together. So um, there's different... So you tell me a little bit about the structure and and the themes that people could get involved in. Well, what we did is we started moving things on then from that point. Mm -hmm. Um, We were were really excited about how many people from further education were able to come away to a conference. Because we also, by the way, know that that can be really difficult just getting time off. Yeah, it is. And there's so many fabulous things to go to. Um, I ha- I definitely have to find a balance between being in and out of college. Well, and I think that's one of the things that's actually really changed since 2016. Mm-hmm. I, or 2015, you know, when we started thinking mm-hmm. about it. There weren't so many things. There are actually a lot more interesting things going on now, which is great to see. Yeah. Um, you know, there's like the FE research meets mm-hmm. are happening, which are you know, fantastic events. There's the AP Connect program. There's yeah. the OTLA program from ETF. Yeah. Um, so, yes, so we are now one of many voices. Um, yeah, which is great. It is great. It is good. It mm. is good. Um, but so so we wanted to move from where we had the higher education people who were, who were coordinating the groups and everything, and we really wanted to bring up people in further education mm-hmm. to do the groups. And to make it more democratic and participatory, mm. what we've done the last two years is we've asked the the wider FE sector to suggest what should what we now call the working groups be. Ah, oh, okay, great. So rather than us sitting around and saying, "No, oh, we think that mm. you know people want to talk about this or that or the other thing," mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of the academic year, we put a big call out. And we say, okay, we're going to have these working groups that are going to collaboratively tackle challenges in the sector. Mm-hmm. Who would like to lead one and what would you like to be it on? And, and they pitch that. To them. Yeah. Um, so it's really coming from the sector. It's all being led by people in the sector. Yeah. Um, and I think that that model's working really, really well. We've got some exciting groups this year mm-hmm. that, that really are responding to key challenges out there um with things like the we're doing something on gcse maths and english research yeah yeah i think which, so many people will be interested in that absolutely i mean that's a huge challenge right now that we're you know churning these people through a program they in many cases aren't very keen on following yeah um and how, how do we make that a rich experience that's not completely exam oriented yeah yeah that will be re- I think there's lots to you know that is a for every college um even those that do you know have some real successes um it is a challenge it is it's so difficult it, mainly because there are lots of students that don't particularly want to go 
into that um, again and um, and the pressures that we have as colleges to with this exam at the end of the year um, yeah the, the students are wholly focused on exams and and it's and like you say what's really important uh, and me thinking about the design and pedagogy of maths and English it's really important that we do make that experience a rich experience and I think there's Absolutely. I think there's something there about getting really creative and really um, no um, sort of pun intended but reimagine what maths and English is because um, you know the it's so important to not not waste that time or not turn those students off absolutely mm -hmm. that is absolutely key and I, I used to be a English teacher in further education so mm -hmm. this one's really my heart mm. because if you can make people not be afraid of their maths and make them embrace their English a little bit more yeah you know that's the gift that they'll carry the rest of their lives yeah definitely definitely right yeah um I think yeah I think there's some some people will be really interested in just asking those questions tackling some of the challenges and hopefully people will come together just to think about things slightly differently or feel a bit more hopeful when they go away won't they yes absolutely absolutely so that and I'm happy to say that that particular group has been sponsored by UCU and the tickets are free to anybody involved in GCSE English and Maths research amazing that's so great and pe so so pe sorry yeah people um just need to go on the um t the website and they can get free tickets there. Yes, if they go to the website, there's actually a link. You email me and I sort you out with a free ticket. Ah, okay, amazing. So that one, you know, we really hope we reach a lot of, of English and maths people. Yeah. But we've, we've got everything. We, for example, we have a program on digital technology. Mm -hmm. um, you, you might remember if we cast our minds back again to 2015, uh, the old Feltag initiative. Yes. Anybody remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feltag is one of those one of those policies made at FE yeah. that uh, never really were implemented. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but we are moving towards digital, um, more digital learning, more digital pedagogy. Yeah. And this group is really looking at not the how-to um, of digital technology, but looking at, at how do we actually make it part of our pedagogy and not just a kind of bolt on oh we have to do something digital so let's come up with something yes but, and but, but how can it actually be an emancipatory process yeah and that's really important one of the key messages we're trying to drive um at, at our colleges is that this is about the this is about the integration of technologies to be a real core part of learning it's not an addition it's not an additional extra it's not let's oh we need to think about technology let's see what we can do it's just how do we transform learning to use technology in the best and most effective way for students learning which yeah, I think... and let's not use technology just to say we've used technology yeah sure of course <laughs> okay so um what we're we're hoping to do is you know, look at things like um, the ETF has put out a digital competency framework, for example. Yes. You know, how can we not make that a tick box exercise? Yes, definitely. 
how can that be something meaningful that's actually empowering to us and empowering to our students yeah and and that's you know a framework is great and if you know um any sort of support and guidance that can help colleges to drive quality and support um staff and student digital capabilities is great but that is the the main danger isn't it that we that it gets used in a way that we're just ticking things off because we think it looks good absolutely absolutely so that's um that's one that we'd really like to welcome people to to and again you know it's it's that finding finding our way through it as fe not as just okay this we've been told we have to do this so we'll do it but you know how how do we make this something that does what we want it to do for us yeah and that and i i feel like there's a common theme or there's a there's a theme that I often pick up on, um, which is whether it be maths or English or whether it be technology, it's about doing things for the right reasons, isn't it? Absolutely. It's about doing things from the heart and having a real vision for your students and um, how that fits with the bigger picture in the wider world um, and really trying to do the best that we can do rather than look at things as a as a pressure or as a something that we're told we have to do and although there is you know obviously there's an uh, there's an element that will always feel a little bit like that um but actually just embracing the purpose and the bigger picture around these sorts of initiatives I think is key to colleges being truly outstanding yeah absolutely yeah absolutely fab so what else have we got going on well, that kind of leads us in. I think the next one I should mention is we actually have a session on the idea of quality oh, in FE. Amazing. So it's called Quality from Fear to Faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very much um, looking at quality not used as a stick to beat people with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, unfortunately, um, our current... Um, lesson observation policies in many places mock steads and off steads mm-hmm. um make quality to be something to be feared yeah um and often lacks a lot of professional trust in teachers yeah um so we've got people from lincoln college mm-hmm. who have been looking at ways of looking at quality as linked to development and professional learning, as opposed to having, again, tick boxes yeah. uh, where you go in and watch somebody teach for an hour mm-hmm. and you judge their competence based upon that narrow experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's something that's really sort of one of my, um, I, I suppose I'd, I'd probably describe it as a campaign. Um, you know, a campaign for meaningful professional development and trying to just move away from capturing data to try and you know say whether something is good or not you know and I don't mean that in terms of numbers or grades but I just mean in terms of quality is this what we want or is it not what we want Um, and trying to put processes in place where we just capture data because we feel safe with data and I love that it's called from fear to faith yeah that well that's you know we really have to um give the credit to Sally Reeve and Simon Justice Mm. and Gavin Knott who who are running that and 
you know, that's, um, I, I, if, if you can imagine a situation like your GP, can you imagine a, a, a observer coming in and watching a GP and consultations for an hour mm. and making a judgment about the entire quality of of their professionalism mm. within that? Yeah. Um, you know, you, it, it, it's, it's inconceivable yeah. that that would happen to a doctor. And yet we've kind of allowed this to happen to our profession in teaching. We don't have that faith in teachers that actually they are doing their best. And it doesn't mean we can't improve. Yeah. But uh, that sort of just weighing and measuring them and creating data, as you say, doesn't actually make teaching any better at all. No. And it's, I, I have a real... Um interest in in professional development and and actually the mindset around professional development um and I have a real yeah a real interest that's kind of growing every day around leadership and culture um because I think the more we look at positive cultures and positive leadership the the more evidence that I find for greater success and and when I say success I I don't mean I don't mean numbers and I I mean you know that feeling and that that sort of really high performance from a from a mindset and and then a data point of view the data just follows but the mindset and the culture is just of a really high performing collaborative sort of environment to work yeah absolutely absolutely and so that's what that's what this group wants to do is sort of challenge some of the norms that exist out there and think right how can we make a positive response to this yeah and bring it back to teaching and learning yeah (laughs) um so that'll be really interesting i think anyone who's involved in teaching and learning and quality or improvement or you know any any sort of even if they're just interested in being involved in that in the future I think that's a really key session to to be involved in yeah thank you thank you we hope um hope everybody will enjoy that um so we've got a couple of other exciting things coming up as well um One of the things we've noticed looking back on the conferences is we have not had as much participation from adult and community learning. Okay. I'm I'm a big believer that further education is not just colleges. Um, And um, so we've made a a big pitch this year to get people in the community to also be able to come. And so we've got, we've got two groups that again are being offered with free tickets. Amazing. Um, for, for adult community learning and also for offender learning. Okay, great. Um, and these are people who really don't often have opportunities to attend conferences at yeah, all. Sure. Um, and they're often on precarious contracts. Um, so their employers don't tend to invest in their CPD in the way that, that you would necessarily in a, in, in a bigger organization like a yeah. college. And so that's what that's where the Education and Training Foundation has sponsored free tickets for them. Right. Um, so we're hoping that, you know, if anybody who's listening, uh, if you have, if you know of colleagues in the uh, adult and community learning sector and in offender learning, please tell them to get in touch with me. We'd love them yeah, to Yeah, sure, definitely. 
Um, and that's going to be one of the kind of first opportunities for them to start to build their own networks. Yeah, and that's great. I think if 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 those uh, the groups that kind of just really need that space, that yeah, the more that we can get people there, the more we can, um, or they can look at how, yeah, they can support each other. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. So, um, so yeah, there's a, a couple of other bits and pieces on there, isn't there, that people can. Um, be involved in this um, one that I'm particularly interested in is coaching and mentoring yes yes that one's very dear to my yeah, heart sure. as well because um, I, I my my last position before I went to Birmingham mm. City University was as a teacher okay. learning coach um, and a teacher training and a teacher mm -hmm. learning coach and this is very much asking this question sometimes we get sent in as as coaches to you know sent into the grade four teachers and <laughs> told we have to improve them um and and how do we use um how do we use coaching and mentoring again focusing on the developmental needs of the teachers that we're looking at and not it just being a performance management yeah, tool. Sure. and i think that's where yeah there's a there's um there's definitely lots of things to debate around mindset and approach isn't there when we use coaching and mentoring um and how managers use that and how it's even just the language that we use I think is really powerful um yes. but yeah that I think that would I think that's one that I'm really interested in um and then we've got there's one on um another session about um quality of FE based research and scholarship which I think is a really important um, discussion to have yeah and that is um you know we're we're really seeing i think a real upwelling of uh people in further education wanting to engage mm. with research and doing their own research i think the etfs program supporting research um have had a lot to do with this and the, the fe research meets um have really brought um, research onto the onto the front yeah. pages um, but it can be kind of hard in further education you know we're not in further education we are not university scholars we don't have PhDs yeah. um, and that doesn't mean that our research has to look like what's published in the academic journals with um, you know half of it being theory of obscure French theorists or something <laughs> like that um, I mean, that's great. It's what I do and I love it. But, you know, that's one model of, yeah. of research. It's not the model of research. And so it's looking at what, what are ways that FE research can be acceptable to us in further education um, and, and be meaningful and still be a, a good quality, valid yeah, sure. research. And it is, it's, people are... Um... People, like you say, there has been a, a sort of a big momentum around um, research. And I think that is the question. I know I experienced that when I was um, first moved into sort of teaching and learning development roles. People were unsure what that looked like. Um, yeah. and, and they were unsure what would be good enough. Um, or they were a little bit apprehensive about... Um, yeah, what did that mean for them or or what did that mean for their 
practice or did you know and then obviously there's always the challenges of time and um and people feeling a, a lot of pressure but yeah I think it's a really useful discussion to have so people the more that I've been to though uh, the more that I've engaged in those types of conversations the more that I've realized it's really doable it is it is it doesn't have to be this massive mm. thing um research can be can be small and personal and still incredibly mm-hmm. useful um so you know that um we had a we had a really successful research group last year that um has gone out and done a lot of work since the conference yeah. in the community um the bedford college research group was founded on the mm-hmm. basis of that um and so we're coming back that sam jones and david powell are coming back and doing this this Amazing. next session and uh, you know really anybody anybody interested in research you know will find that to be you know quite practical yeah. and useful but if i can on the theme of research take you into yeah. another group which people will be will be split on which yeah. one you want to go to yeah um, <laughs> that's always the problem one group yeah. per day um we we have another session on the future of he and fe on college-based um mm-hmm. higher education um because I don't know if people know this, but 10% of university courses are actually delivered okay. in colleges now. Um, you may not know it's that high, but it is. that's actually a significant little chunk of, um, of yeah. higher education. Um, and it's um, looking at the fact of, of how do we, th- those who are involved with you know, delivering college-based higher education, how do we make sure that isn't seen as a second-class mm, yeah, provision? Sure. Um, and, um, because, you know, oh, it's just over there in colleges, you know, um, and, and looking at if you're involved in delivering college-based higher education, you are actually supposed to be engaging in scholarly activity as well. What, what might that look like for you? Yeah. And it's, it is a biggie. It's a big question and it's, and then as managers and leaders, it's really important that we create that space and create that. Um, culture where people can engage with that in a meaningful way absolutely and just finding out yeah. what that means yeah you know <laughs> might be useful for somebody if you I, when I was a teacher I was the only person um, doing anything over level three in my oh, okay. college for example and um, you know my my management didn't understand what what <laughs> scholarly activity was supposed to look like that I was supposed to be engaged <laughs> in either <laughs> So this is the place to come together with all those others. Yeah, who are in and the same I think boat. people will, um, they w- obviously they will struggle to choose between the two. But I think that's more reason just to have at least a couple of people come along, um, you know, go together, and and then I always say, well, you know, I'll go to one, you go to the other, and then we come together, and um, you know, we use all of that that discussion and experience to really move things forwards back at back at the ranch, as they say. Well, maybe this is a good point to bring in other. I, I think you're absolutely right. That's a, a great idea that if you can bring more than one person yeah. from your organization, then you can go to the different groups yeah. and bring that together. But we're also really, really committed to try to make sure that the work of the conference is accessible okay. to the rest of the sector after yeah. the conference. Um, so, for example, everything that we did last mm-hmm. year, uh, we published in a special journal from the BC, from from Birmingham City Amazing. University all all the, all the conclusions that the 
um, groups came to. And that's an open oh. access journal. It's not behind a paywall. So people can get to that on, on the website, can they? Yep, it's very clearly posted on right. our website. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a link to yeah, it somewhere I'll find for it. you. I'll try to find um, the different links to uh, the event and the um, previous papers. Um, and I'll put them with the podcast as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, our, our main our main page has everything, so you can all find it from there. It's all quite quite yeah. clearly signposted, and we're going to do the same thing again this year. And the groups are going to be looking at one of the the last questions they're going to look at is what can we do after the conference? How can we keep checking back okay. with each other on the things that we've decided we yeah. want to do? Um, and we're as a conference not imposing how you do that that's one of the things the groups are going to collaboratively yeah. work towards is how are we going to make sure we don't just forget what we did and go back and fall into you know busy yeah. marking and lesson planning and you know quality management and all those things that keep us yeah. uh, occupied um, each group has that as a what's a sustainable Thing that we can do and they might be meeting mm -hmm. virtually a couple of times a year they might together write an article to go into times educational supplement or yeah. fb week etc and et i find that a really interesting question actually because and i'll be really interested to see what people do well a decide to do and then b actually do because i, I often yeah. um go to conferences people want to collaborate and then i mean i I also struggle sometimes to, you know, keep up with the communication, but there's often a real drop off and people are sort of super keen to collaborate, but then, yeah, it kind of just, it, it doesn't happen um, quite as you kind of hoped or that you were excited about originally. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to do, to figure out what people want to do and see what kind of evolves from that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're... sorry. Sorry, yeah, no, I was just, it'll just be, it'll just be really, I, I know lots of different people will have lots of different ideas um, about how to keep the the momentum and the discussion going, which, um, and, and there are so many ways to do that now, but it'll be really, I, I've, I've found having, um, I've just started to um, create some sort of, um, yeah, like online discussion groups um, where we try to sort of do either Skype calls or Zoom calls every now and again. And that works really well, actually. It's just finding the time where everyone's available. Well, and, and interestingly, off we're, st we're starting the conference um, not with big keynote speakers mm -hmm. like we have in the past, but short, short little 10-minute think okay. pieces from um, several interesting people in the sector and one of them is about this mm -hmm. pressure of time yeah um and you know it's it's just getting worse and worse i think i think you know most everybody in education feels almost constantly in headless yeah. chicken mode there's a lot of reactivity um, absolutely and i think that I, I like that term and that's probably if anything, the one thing that this conference is about is not reacting to things, but how to make positive yeah. responses, how to make, you know, how to find your, your own agency and authenticity yeah. in that. Um, They're great words. I love those words. <laughs> um, so there's a couple of yeah. other sessions um, just to sort of finish off the program. There's the effective employer engagement session. 
Yeah, which, you know, with the T levels coming up is hugely yeah. important. And, uh, you know, having to have people in 300 odd hours of, of work experience, how we make meaningful links with yeah. employers, um, that, that's really important. And that is a fantastic session that uh, Alice Eardley is running from Activate yeah. Learning. And I, th- um, I think it's a, cha- it is she's a challenge. Been... People will, um, those that are involved in T-levels and, um, you know, the student support services even uh, and the business development sort of um, services that can contribute to those links, I think um, they would really find that um, useful to engage with that discussion. Yeah, we really need to build strategic partnerships where we really understand what their needs are and they understand how colleges work Mm -hmm. and how we can make that work for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I'd really like to welcome people. Yeah, and then the last one is... Um, or the last one, I think, I don't, before we've missed it, I don't think we've missed anyone, is um, Reclaiming the Joy of Teaching. And what a fantastic one to finish with. <laughs> <laughs> this one is uh, being convened by uh, Ali Longden from Northern College and Jackie Rossa, who's been out doing uh, consultancy work with FE for a mm-hmm. really long time. And, you know, what, what they say is, you know, it's the session is underpinned by the premise that if we want happy, capable, confident and healthy yeah. teachers and genuinely believe that teaching and learning should be the top priority, we have to start doing yes. this differently. We have to liberate them and unleash yeah. their potential. Um, and um, yeah, we've had a lot of interest in that. Um, that's one of our most popular sessions yeah. right now. And I, I think it's that we want to get back. We all went into teaching because... You know, we love teaching and we love yeah. our students and we, you know, we love our learners. And, and sometimes nowadays it can feel quite yeah. burdensome. It's, it's a tough job. It's really difficult. Um, no matter sort of what role you have in a college, there's always challenges. But teaching is, yeah, there's, it, it, I sometimes feel really sad when people get disheartened or feel like it's too much or... Um, kind of lose that passion that they originally had um, and I, yeah I think having yeah. that discussion and, and creating that sort of momentum around how we bring the joy back into teaching is is fabulous yeah, yeah. absolutely um, so I think you know that's again trying to to positively yes. look forward um, you know, it's easy to whinge about the things that we don't like, but what are we going to yeah. do about them? And, you know, this is your opportunity in a working group to to really hash these things out and come away with something that you can go and do back at your educational yeah. institution. No, it's great. I think it's I think it's amazing. And the program is amazing. There's loads of things that um I don't think there's I don't think there's anyone who could say there is some isn't something that they wouldn't they would wouldn't find useful. Um and I think, I think, I mean, for me, my perspective is that anybody who, for this event is anybody who wants to make a difference to FE or wants to have a voice or wants to have a say, it's a really key event for them to sort of get to. Yeah. Thank it's you. Amazing. <laughs> that's a wonderful endorsement for you, Steph. I said that's a wonderful endorsement yeah, no, for you. I, I, Thank no, you. No, you're welcome. I think it's really important to 
Um, I, I'm one for always pushing boundaries and trying to campaign for change. And I think, you know, at this type of conference, which is, like you say, from the beginning is designed by the people in FE, you know, you, you get them to pitch what we need to talk about. And then, and it's, so it's driven by the people who are involved in FE and then you create that space for people to debate it and then look at how we can make change or um, be solutions focused is just, I think it's just really needed and it's really fabulous. So um, yeah, I just want to thank you for the conference actually. Ah, well, it's a, it's, it's, it's wonderful to be able to host this. Um, and you know it's a space for people to bring their creativity and ideas and that's where you see how how rich and wonderful the FE sector is and how much it should yes, be celebrated definitely. and um our, the, Jade and I will uh, bring be bringing the podcast to the event so we yeah I'm re- yes re- yeah we're really mentioned. excited about that and and we're going to try and capture as much of the conference as we can and as much of the debates as we can um so that we can then um, get people on the podcast who've been involved in the different working groups and we can hopefully I don't I'm, I always bite off more than I can chew um, but hopefully create a podcast on on all of the sessions um, that could maybe sit alongside the the papers that you publish afterwards that would be absolutely yeah. fantastic and you know we, we really obviously want people to yeah. come to the conference but we know that there's all sorts of very good reasons why people yeah. can't make it and 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 we're and and that's why we're really committed to move things onwards there's also going to be by the way an online activity Amazing. during lunchtime um for people to input into what the groups have been discussing right. in the morning um they'll get to respond to some of that and the online comments will be taken into the afternoon session that sounds like really yeah because you want to keep capturing there'll be so much rich discussion um it'll be really useful to just keep capturing and keep and then feed into the afternoon won't it yeah and if for some reason you can't Mm. come this year uh people can will in september we'll be looking for conveners for next year so you can be thinking about what you might like to, like to suggest. Yes, and so that's, I encourage everybody to, to get involved and be having a think for sure. Anyway, thank you so much, Suzanne, for joining me. It's been lovely to discuss it with you. Thank you for your enthusiasm no, about it. Um, I'll speak soon. Okay. All right. Bye cheers, now. everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Teaching Excellence podcast. Leave us a voice message in Anchor. Tweet us and let us know what you think or what you want to hear on the show. Tune in next week for more. Have an amazing week and be the best version of you.